Please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we learn about our desires by listening to other people talk about what they're into. Our guest today is 33 years old, a bi or maybe pansexual white cis female who has been married for three years. She is into shibari, sensory play, neuro massage, bondage, and is a budding pet player, an educator and creative from the U.S. South. Welcome, Anna. Hello. Hello. Can you start out by telling our listeners if you had to rate yourself on a shameometer with one being totally shameless and 10 being so full of shame, where do you fall today? Well, in the South, I have to live sort of like a double life because it's so conservative here. So professionally, like there is no rating scale. I have no sexuality, basically. (laughs) But personally, I feel two and a half, three. Fuck yeah. And can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? Well, my husband and I, we're not one of those quickie people. We like to really like get down and just experience. So we have to save it for the weekend. But on the weekends, we always play. Amazing. Can you give us a sense of like, approximately how long those sessions might last? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes it's to the point where I'm like, okay, we have to plan this out. We have to start at like noon. That way I can get some sleep. (laughs) It's like maybe two hours, maybe like four to five. Cool. And then can you tell us what does sexy mean to you? Sexy means that you're completely in your body and you're comfortable. You're radiating like love and acceptance and just going with the flow. Okay. Then can you tell us what happens or has happened in the past to your shame-a-meter when it was time to talk to a partner about safer sex? And what, even though you're married now, what would this ideal conversation look like? I've always been okay about that. We'll get into it. But my mom was a sex ed teacher. She was always about, you know, using protection, getting on birth control. So that was always a part of our conversation whenever we had sex talk. So in my experience, I've never had a problem just coming out and being like, have you been tested? What are things like? Do you have protection? I have protection. So for me, that's not an issue, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. So you gave us a little preview. Now take us back. When do you remember first hearing about sex? Well, it's like you watch TV when you're little and I'm like, Oh, they lay down in bed and that's how they experience love, you know, when a man and a woman love, whatever, you know. (laughs) But then I can remember a family member and I, we went and we're looking for movies, VHSs, you know, and we found this one that did not have a label on it. And we're like, ooh, what is this? And we put it in and it was hardcore BDSM porn. (laughs) And I was like first or second grade, I think. I remember having a thought, okay, they don't just lay down in bed and snuggle. This is like a thing. And I remember like next time I saw my best friend, I was like, I know where babies come from. (laughs) And telling her every detail, I kind of like deduced, you know, and figured it out on my own. But then my mom, once I started growing little tiny mosquito bites, we had the whole period talk and all that. But in terms of like sex. It totally started with that crazy BDSM porn VHS. Did any adults in your household ever find out that you watched that? No, it was a big fat secret. Does that mean you watched it more than once? 
no, we did not. And I don't remember, but it was really shocking. Yeah. At first, I was like, what is going on? It sounds like some part of your little brain, though, did make the connection between sex and that. Yes, it did. And I even remember saying, there's white stuff that comes out of the penis. Like, I don't know how those things got placed together, but I specifically remember saying that to my best friend about, this is how babies are made. It's, I don't know. It's so strange to me. Wow. And then what do you remember about the talk with your mom? There was nothing about enjoyment or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It was more, you're going to have a menstrual cycle. You're going to bleed. You shouldn't be afraid of it. This is why. And also she warned me if I were to have sex and have sex with multiple people that I might have a bad reputation, that kind of thing. And my parents are extremely religious. So it was a strange, she was the sex ed teacher and she was matter of fact, but then at the same time, it was under this like religious umbrella. So it was a strange way to exist because it seemed like I was getting mixed messages. Here's this very exciting thing and here's how it works and here's what it does and don't do it. Exactly. And conversations in my family, too. My parents were open, like had made comments about sex and things. But then, you know, we would go to church or whatever and abstinence. Was your mom your sex ed teacher at your school? Yes. So you were like in the classroom when she was teaching your class sex ed? Yes. And like, here are all my little friends. And here's my mom. Like, here's this (laughs) movie. Now let's talk about it. Yeah. Wow. What do you remember about that? This is the penis. This is the vagina. Like those kind of things. I don't remember being embarrassed about it at all. But I remember my friends kind of saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that your mom's going to do this. And I was just like, yeah, (laughs) you know. And it sounds like you guys grew up going to church. How religious was your family? Like, was it more like culturally affected or was it, nope, I'm getting a big eyeball. So very religious? Mm, Very, very much so. Okay. I wasn't given a choice to go to church or not. Like, that is what we did. I didn't do morning devotion, but my parents did. They're hardcore. So was sex ever discussed in your household outside of that sex ed talk? Yes, but... It was only within like that family, like, you know, husband, wife talk. And then once I started coming into puberty in my own, because of that, I had an awareness or I felt like I couldn't talk to them about what I was experiencing just because of the morality of it all. Yeah. It's strange, too, because like now being where I live, it's almost like I'm repeating that same experience because in my personal life. You know, I'm one way, but then in my professional life, it's like different, just like it was with my family. The cycle continues. Yes. Isn't that strange how that happens? <sighs> okay. So here's a question. Did you ever learn anything as a child about the concept of consent? No, that was never a thing. I can't remember specific conversations, but my mom, you know, telling me, If someone is not doing what you want them to do, you know, don't be afraid to tell them no. Yeah. (laughs) But also they preached abstinence. So you shouldn't even be putting yourself in the situation to do that type of things. So how did that end up affecting your early explorations? And what came first, masturbation or partners? Oh, I was masturbating in like third grade. But I remember even before kindergarten, I was like, 
what is this down here? (laughs) I do. I know that I had an orgasm around third grade. And when that happened, I was just like, yes. And it sounds like you were exploring because your body felt good. Also, that maybe there were some ideas from that early BDSM porn. Yeah, it felt great. You know, it was like, I can do this and just experience this immense pleasure anytime I want to in the privacy of my own room. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> cool. Did you know what it was? And did you have any shame around it because of the religious upbringing? It sounds like you have a pretty open attitude toward it, even in the retelling. I mean, in my alone time, but I don't think I would ever talk to anyone about it. I knew that I had to separate it from, you know, my own personal journey with myself. I didn't feel any shame, but I knew that it had to be secret, I suppose. Okay. And then how did you start exploring with partners? I think it was kiss my little boyfriend while I'm riding the bus type of thing. (laughs) I know that was my first makeout session. Back of the bus, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. You know. (laughs) I wasn't really allowed to date until 16. So a lot of my experiences were after I was allowed to, you know, leave. And I had a boyfriend, you know, in high school and he didn't really come over because my house was not the cool house. So there was a lot of like hanky panky in the car, parked down a street, that kind of thing. Okay. And then can you give us details of that hanky panky? Like, was he your first sexual exploration partner? Mm, No, I mean, I can remember seventh or eighth grade. My family were good friends with this other family and they kind of reflected, you know, in terms of like siblings and stuff. So I can remember watching a movie in the family room pillow in lap and totally just getting mega filled up. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I was probably like 12, maybe. When you say mega filled up. Oh, total fingering. I was getting fingered (laughs) in the middle of a movie and like parents are over on one side, siblings are over on the other, pillow in lap. Whoa. What else did that lead to? That was a one and done type of thing. But I've always had little friends, you know, there was only one other time until high school that I had like gotten fingered and like attempted to jerk a guy off. But it was so strange. I was like, what do I do with this? I have no idea. What did you do? Did you ask him? Did you just try things or? Oh, well, really? This is another strange one, too. I went on a double date And the only reason why my parents allowed me to do that after tons of like, please, you know, their parents are going to go with us, blah, blah, blah. And then there was like just this tiny bit of time where we were allowed to hang out without the parents in a bedroom. So, of course, like that couple was over there fooling around. And here we are fooling around in the same room. That was when I touched my first penis. Okay. (laughs) Just before high school. Yeah. So you touched your first penis. Did it come? I'm guessing it didn't. Oh, no. Okay. no. <laughs> it was very awkward and very like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is fun. Yeah. yeah. I try to give every new partner a tutorial on how my parts work now. And I wish that they would do that for me. But I really have to be like, no, how do you touch yourself? And literally so many of them are like, just normally. And I'm like, okay, dumbass. Everyone has it for normal. Like, <laughs> And then I don't say that. And then I'm like, okay, so like this. And they're like, no, like that. And I'm like, okay. So when you started getting into more partnered things in high school, was it with that boyfriend that you mentioned earlier? Yeah. 
I had two. I did not fool around and hardly even kiss anyone except for the two that I had. Again, I wasn't allowed to do much. And I did have sex with those two dudes. And they were really nice and not shameful. It was like, don't tell anyone, you know, because I don't want to get in trouble type of thing. I hear stories of people in high school having these crazy experiences, but mine was mild. Yeah. LG had some great experiences two weeks ago. Like, Yeah. And with those boyfriends, were they also your first oral sex experiences in either direction or both directions? Yes. The first one, he loved it. Like I would be getting home from like running or something and totally sweaty and he'd be trying to go down on me. And at first I was like, what? No. And he's like, no, I like it sweaty. <laughs> like, okay. Cool. What a great first experience. Yeah. First I was like, I don't know if it's going to taste good or not, you know. Mm -hmm. And no, he was all about it. So thankfully, you know, that's kind of like my first experiences. So it's great early patterning. But then the second one I fell super duper hard for. And I've never been one to like extra masculine men. All the men that I go for are very effeminate. Mm -hmm. And he discovered that he wasn't straight whenever we were together. Okay. And then we broke up because he wanted to go and be with dudes. Yeah. So he didn't so much. Our sex at times could be good, but I could just feel that there was something there that just wasn't connecting. Mm. How was that for you emotionally for him to tell you? Like, it sounds like you were pretty supportive. At first, it was crushing. And that's when I first started going to therapy at that time. Okay. And I knew that he loved me. That's no question. But I thought it was something that I had done. And it took, you know, therapy and reflection to just come to the realization that it wasn't me. He loved me. It was something within himself, his body. So it was very much a growing up time for me. And when I started questioning my own sexuality, you know, like, what do I like? And then after that, it's like time to explore. I was moving out of my parents' house, going to college. I'm glad that it happened. But in the moment, it was heartbreaking for sure. Yeah, that's a lot. What about blowjobs? I've always enjoyed it because I like pleasing people. Hmm. I am very much a people pleaser. I can't help it. Me too. It's really how I draw strength almost. You know what I mean? Drawing <laughs> strength from blowjobs. Yeah, sure. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel powerful. I love it. I have always loved it. Balls kind of scare me because I know that they're sensitive. <laughs> so I'm very gentle, you know, like I don't want to harm anyone, but I like to have variety in my own pleasure. So I try to switch it up. I like to fill out the person. You know? Oh, I, th I thought you meant a variety of penises. No. You mean like strips and things. I was like, yeah, me too. Definitely. <laughs> my moves. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are some of your moves? Do you have any extra favorites? I'm very much like a tongue flicker, like frenulum, and I like to bite. I'm trying to get better at deep throating. I just got one of those trainers. I actually didn't know there were trainers. Can you tell us about that? So in all truthfulness, my husband got this for me because <laughs> we've been practicing. It looks like a really big, long dildo. And it's very floppy. <gasps> it's wiggling like this. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. Wait, so you can feed like a big noodle? Yes. And the tip 
too is like flat on one side, I guess. Yeah, like a flatter cockhead, I guess. And then you train your throat to not gag. I will say in a recent deep throating experience, I was with a partner. We were using condoms on the penis for deep throating since I have herpes in my throat. Safety first, safety is hot. There's not a flavor. Most condoms are just fine, just in case people are wondering. It's fine. And I noticed, so he was going hard in between hardness levels. So he would be like super hard and then medium hard and then less hard. And it was that medium hard stage that was like really good for getting the deep throating going. And then he would harden up, but then it was like already in the groove. And I was like, oh, I think I'm onto something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I think you just have to tell your throat that it'll be okay you know almost like when you have butt sex <laughs> you know like yeah whenever you like massage yourself into you know relaxation so same with your throat now that you've mentioned butt sex when did that start for you <laughs> i tried it with a high school boyfriend i don't remember which and it was just like no of course we didn't know like oh you have to warm into it you have to use lube it was just like break and then <laughs> no get out of there that's terrible I don't even think we got the head in but now you know like in my exploration in college I had one guy that was really good at everything basically and that's like when I had my first asgasm oh fuck yeah congrats I went through a weird stage where I really wanted it and then transitioned out of it now my husband and I you know if we feel like it we feel like it if we don't we don't like it's just a part of everything cool Was that transition out of it related to anything like partner coming and going or one day you were just like, I don't want this? No, I think and like reflecting because I knew I was going to be talking to you. So I was thinking just about all my experiences and I thought to myself, it was really weird. I used to just jerk off all the time with my ass like that was a phase of ass, but I don't know. Would you only jerk off with your ass or was it like a combo of like front and back stimulation? I know that I only used my ass sometimes because like I just craved it. I don't know, maybe the taboo, but then the best orgasms ever are the ones that have your ass is filled with a plug or whatever. And then like, you know, penetration or clitoral. The combo of like ass and clit stuff have been some of my deepest orgasms. The anal hook really got me last year. (laughs) I haven't tried that. I liked it. I really, really liked it. I only did it a couple times with my former master. It was so hot, like just all of the pressure in there. What is your non-anal masturbation like? If I'm masturbating, it's just clitoral. I don't like penetration when it's just me it doesn't do anything for me because I feel like penetration is like when you're connected with someone and then when you're touching your clitoris are you like one finger two finger a whole hand diddly finger like what do they do I'm a two finger kind of gal okay saw the middle two fingers here yes (laughs) take us through whatever we need to know about your college explorations so I had the whole experience with my boyfriend that discovered he wasn't straight and wanted to explore that side of himself. And there was a time when I just wasn't into any of it. But whenever I went off to college, I went to a place where I didn't know anyone. And I just told myself that I'm going to figure me out and do me. And it was really a wonderful time. I didn't have a boyfriend for like two years and didn't even date really for two years. I was just like discovered my sexuality where I had a few girl playmates and I did nude modeling and came into my own. I very much was a prowless 
Like I had no problem going up to someone and asking for their number. I harnessed my power (laughs) for sure. That's so cool. Did you just decide to do that and do it? And also did your prowlessness apply to your lady lovers? No, those kind of happened naturally. And I wish that I would have been more like that because I wish that I had more experiences with ladies because I very much love them. That was more like friendships, you know, or like workmates and then like, oh, you know. But I also think it's the region in which I live, the conservative areas. Of course, there's pockets of people, you know, but they're just not as out. With that conservative vibe, how was your prowlessness? received. It sounds like you also liked dudes that were not necessarily a macho macho. Was that true when you were prowling? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they were shocked that a girl would just be so forward. And I liked that shock. Mm. And then other times, I don't know, I just kind of adopted the if they're into it, they're into it. And it was almost like a let's see, like a game. And Now I've been with my partner for years. I can't even imagine like prowling, but I want to have other ladies, but it's hard, you know, like I don't want to be one of those creepers creeping online because that's just not personal whatsoever. But then like going out and trying to find people is hard. I do know that in my own personal experience, trying to hook up with couples and trying to talk to people, especially if it's online and not in person, I always appreciate it if there is a woman who leads. It makes me feel pretty comfortable just because I have so much more personal experience with dudes saying their partner wanted to have a threesome and just, you know, come to find out it was a totally different situation. So maybe there is room to prowl and to practice lady prowling. Are you, I made an assumption and I just caught myself. I assumed you were only prowling for ladies with your partner. Are you? Yes. But I mean, quarantine and COVID and everything kind of ruined things. But we like to go to shows and things like that. And even in my exploration days in college, that's mostly where I would meet people, you know, dancing and let me buy you a drink kind of thing. So that's how I would assume now that we would try to find people, you know, concerts, movies, whatever. I mean... I would love it, actually, if a couple just out in the wild was like, hey, we think you're cute. That's never happened to me outside of explicitly sex-focused play spaces. I've never had a couple hit on me in the wild. I've kind of met some people on apps and stuff, but that's it. That would be super fun. Well, here there's no sex places. We've been trying to find munches and stuff. And if they're here, we don't know where they are. You have to be bold out in the wild if those structures aren't in place. You also might get some weird looks from church people. Yes. Did you prowl on your partner or did your partner pick you up? We had that weird, we saw each other and it was just fireworks from the beginning. Amazing. Congratulations. It was a magnetism. Everything about our relationship has been like that. So very much like take me now type of thing. (laughs) Relationships have their ups and downs. And I feel like our sexuality you know, that magnetism has brought us out of those low times, you know, just leaning into our sexuality and into our sex has allowed us to work through things on the other side of our marriage. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'm so happy to hear that because I know that for me, sex is something that just calms my animal body down and recharges it. It's my number one favorite way to get de-stressed. Even the most 
basic type of sex. Like it doesn't have to be a full crazy whatever, whatever. So I'm really glad to hear that that's available to you. Before we get into details about that relationship, is there anything we need to know about your other formative years? I feel like my time being a nude model helped reinforce my coming into my power type of thing. It was erotic. I felt sensual and sexy. And I'm so thankful for the relationship. It's one of my best friends. He was doing this project and he is a really great role model in being upfront about what you want and asking for what you want and not having any shame. I had never met anyone like him that had no shame about his sexuality. So it was completely platonic and there wasn't anything sexual with him, but just having a friend like that where I could like be comfortable talking about it and like bring up anything that I was interested in. He got me my first vibrator, actually. Amazing. How did that come about? He was just telling me that he had gotten a new toy or something. And I had said that I didn't have any. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to get you one. So he got me one. And yeah, it was great. (laughs) It was good to have a role model like that. Because again, I was this prowling lady that approached people that you know I was interested in but then like I said before it was very much I had a separate life like there was this private me that did this but then like the other side of me that was with my family and stuff so my friend helped me see that I didn't have to have a separate life I guess even though still today I kind of do but he definitely helped me grow into my own I know that for myself, there's also a nuance between like, I have the option of being open with my family in so much as I need to be to feel understood by them. And I'm very well aware that they don't want to know every detail. (laughs) And finding that balance for me has been, well, it's something I'm still working on. Me too. It's a forever type of thing, probably. But yeah. So, okay. Tell us now in your sex life, what are some of your favorite things about sex? Like throughout this partnership, how many years have you been together total? nine or 10. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a fair amount of time to be with a partner. Tell us about your sex. Tell us about your favorite things. What do you love? Well, we'd always had great sex. He is slow. He likes to take his time. And that's one thing that I've always found attractive about him. And with him is the first time that I've ever reached climax with a slow build. And it's so good. That's actually probably my favorite thing is just like slowly almost, I guess, tantric line. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like edging almost, but yeah, maybe the slow tantra too. Yeah. Yeah. I very much like the full body massaging and I like the lead up too. The longer the lead up, even like my clothes are completely on and just like preparing even like a ritual that I love very much. Do you like getting your hair pulled? Do you like rough touches at all? Do you like any like scratches or grabs? And what are your nipples like? Well, I had my nipples pierced. I no longer have them, but I think it took away some of the sensation. So now I'm very much like get in there and bite on it and don't be scared. I like to be spanked too. And like, I enjoy that pain. I like that base in between. Like it might be too much, but then it like turns into almost orgasmic all the endorphins start flowing and it feels good yes yeah it's like an intensity for me especially when it's combined with pleasure so like i love to have a lot of sensation that's like good and or hard mixed with like finger fuckings or any kind of fuckings really yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i like like my ass to be bit and like big muscles 
And I don't like the masculine energy. Like I said, it's strange to like, like to be dominated like that. And I feel like I'm very dommy too, which my husband and I identify as switches. I also like to be completely like blindfolded, gagged, earplugs, can't hear anything, can't see anything, can't say anything. I've never done earplugs. I've never done all the, (gasps) what is that like? It is wonderful. It is glorious. Heightened your skin. You can just barely get touched and it's a whole nother level of awesomeness. What kinds of surprises have been offered to you in that state that you can remember? My husband likes to get ice cubes and things like that or like what I enjoy. And he gets me every time because he'll like sneak away and leave me there. And I don't know what he's doing. And he'll end up like getting super hot tea or something and like won't touch me for minutes on end and then just go in with like this hot, hot mouth. Oh, my gosh. Do you make noises? Are you a noisemaker? Oh, yeah. I can't not make a noise. It's been problematic for sure. I was going to say, do you live somewhere where you can make noise? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. But in the past, when I was younger in high school, it's like, you cannot make noises right now. (laughs) I'm an expansive person. I can't help it. So you said you're a switch. Do you do those things back to him? Yes, but he doesn't like pain like I like pain and I like electro stuff and he does not like that he doesn't like to be bit so he's more of like likes to be spanked and he likes the binding too Mm. but it's not a pain thing for him okay how do you like to be bound I know we have some shibari to talk about are there other bindings you also enjoy I mean I just like to be bound in all ways (laughs) Well, shibari is the ultimate binding. It is next level. It's wonderful. But if we're not doing shibari, we have those straps that you put underneath your mattress. We're not able to get the fancy kind that you hang from the ceiling. I would love that. I know. I think I'm ready to put some hard points into my place. I just need to figure out ways to do it discreet enough so that when family visits, it's like holding up a photography backdrop or something. I want to get a canopy bed, but have like the posts be big posts. That's my goal. (laughs) Love that plan. We use our mattress straps a lot. We have that. It's not tape. It's called bondage tape and it sticks to itself. So it's not like the sticky adhesive, but it is. I believe it's called bondage tape. What colors do you have? Red. We just have red. I feel like the tape is just kind of scary too for me. I don't know. Yeah. So I like that the best if we're not doing shibari. But shibari is without a doubt, like the most wonderful binding that you can ever experience. Tell us more. How did you get into it? What sort of ties have you experimented with? And like, how long do you stay in it? And do you get fucked in it? Or is it separate for you? We can do both. My husband's the one that does the tying. I would never trust anyone unless they've been doing it for years because it can be so dangerous. But he's very methodical and does tons of research. So he does pieces on me that are just meant to be ornamental and I'll just wear them all day long. So it's not so much about the fucking. But then there are other times that I'm like, yeah, you're going to tie me down. Fuck me so good. (laughs) So he'll tie me and like, I don't know the names of them, but almost like a hog tie, you know? And then like having that plus your eyes and your mouth and your ears. That's wild. So you have been bound, blindfolded, gagged, and earplugged at the same time? Yep. Have you ever been fed anything while all of those other senses were deprived? That would be so cool. Or even a cock. 
I guess you'd have to take out the gag. My husband totally be into that because he wants me to sit on cake and stuff. <laughs> Ooh, really? Is that something you're up for? I mean, I know you have to be careful about yeast infections, but that sounds really fun. I didn't know that was a thing. I want to sit on a cake. <gasps> what kind of cake? Any kind of cake, I guess. Especially because I can't eat sugar now. That's like a way I could enjoy a cake. There was a time, like, we went and bought a cake specifically for me to sit on. And then we ended up eating it. <laughs> wow. Would he want to eat it off of you after you sat on it? Absolutely. He is all about asses. Like, he does the, like, ass worship. Fuck yeah. Even for him, like, watching porn, he doesn't like to watch stereotypical, like, penetrative porn. He will watch just those montages of big, juicy asses jiggling. Like, <laughs> really? That's so cool. <laughs> That's amazing. He wants me to sit on his face and everything. And used to, I was like, I can't sit on you. How are you supposed to breathe? And even still, sometimes I get worried. He's like, no, just sit on me. Have you ever had a partner sit on your face? No. I got a lot more confident about face sitting after I was the, I don't know if that makes me the giver or the receiver, after I was the person on the bottom, after I was the face getting sat upon. Then as a person to sit upon a face, I felt a lot more confident because I was like, that could actually take a lot of weight. And it was easier when the other person would like be there because I didn't have to use my neck muscles. And then like they could just like grind. But I did get a inside bloody lip just because of it was an extended session. <laughs> but it healed really fast. Lips can heal really fast. <laughs> can you tell us about your Nuru experience? This is something that is on my bucket list that I want to try that I haven't had personal experience with yet. You have to. Really, I feel like that's sort of where my husband and I transitioned into this kinkiness because we had great experiences and great sex before then and had played with toys and stuff. But then the new rule, it made us realize there was tons of potential for other things. And that was the first time I ever sat on his face, like really sat on his face. So for people who don't know, Nuru is, my understanding of it, is that it is a massage that is made possible with a special type of oil that is collected from seaweed. And I think you mix it with water. I've never done it. So I've only read about it. What's your experience with it, Ben? And do you have special sheets for it? Yes. Actually, when we first got it, we bought it online, you know, and it comes in a little container and you mix it with water. We got it and just tested a little bit of it because we didn't know what we were doing and realized that a sheet had to happen or something. We ended up going and buying a blow-up kiddie pool. <gasps> oh, no, I need this now. A Nuru kiddie pool. Did you do it inside still, though? Like, was it like an indoor? Yes. That's so fun. So the so the, I didn't finish explaining for people who don't know what it is. The idea is, as I understand it, correct me if your experience is different, is that it then becomes a very slippery body massage. It's like a mutual body massage or it can be focused on one person, I guess. And it takes just a tiny bit of that powder and it makes buckets and buckets of this wonderful, slippery yet viscous light. If you've ever used aloe vera, the way that that feels is very much how it feels. Yeah, we just poured it all over ourselves and you can get a water brayer and fill it with warm water too. And whenever it starts to dry off your skin, just re-wet it and it comes back. Brilliant. Do you fuck while doing it or is it a separate mm -hmm. activity? You can? Okay. So it's body safe? Yeah, I guess it's seaweed. Yep. And like I didn't experience any like difference in my pH or anything. It's great. I highly recommend it. And even if you're not kinky, it's very much a great way to try something new and it not be, quote unquote, scary. How did you guys hear about it in the first place? I think it started with 
porn, like those neuro massage pornos. Yeah. And my husband was like, let's try to figure out how to get some of that stuff. And then, you know. Is it so slippery that like, do you hold on to something outside the kiddie pool or like what? Now we no longer do the kiddie pool type of thing. We put a sheet over our bed. And we have to have our straps out because you will like off of the bed. (laughs) That's when you definitely want that canopy bed that's iron framed. Yes. If you don't have something to prevent you from flying off of your mattress, if you're on your bed, you'll have to. I wish it wasn't COVID. I want to have a birthday party this year and have a grown up slip and slide. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A slip and slide with that stuff would be insane. (laughs) No. Because I'm sensual and I like those full body, it was magical for that. But then also being able to have parts of my body that I don't associate with eroticism become that and rubbing my tits on my husband everywhere and my pussy or my ass. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, your knee can be orgasmic. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It just turns your whole body into a playground, basically. And I would say it helps you reach a deeper connection with someone, too, just because experiencing and exploring their bodies and, like, having that. What is it? Is it an oil? I don't know. Yeah, it's a seaweed-based massage gel is what it's been described to (laughs) Seaweed goo that can dry off and not dry off. (laughs) Right. It makes you want to, like, touch every part of their body, though, and, like, experience it. So. But after that, that's when we got our kink crate subscription. And that was really wonderful because we had went through kind of like a patch where we weren't having sex all that much. But then that kind of reinvigorated us. Cool. Is that how you got into pet play? Or are there any specific things you want to say about those kinks? Or where do we go next? The pet play thing happened because of our kink crate. Okay. But then the Nuru had helped us because whenever quarantine started happening and like it was really hard for me. And I had started realizing that what I experienced in life was a lot different than other people. And because of that, I went back into therapy and then got diagnosed as a bipolar two. And so in that strange, weird time in my life, I lost that power that I had. But then through the new rule and through our kink crate that we still belong to, it sort of helped me get back on top of things. I'm still not where I was, but I think that's just a part of life and growing up and experiencing things. You mean in terms of experiencing your own power? Yeah. I'm aware that life goes through cycles, ups and downs. Totally. But getting that diagnosis was really, it kind of like took my legs out from under me and I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. It was hard, but I'm happy that it happened and I'm happy that I can talk about it and be someone for people that aren't aware of it to know that like, hey, it's normal. It's not that big of a deal type of thing. So, yeah, absolutely. Is there anything specifically that you want to say about it? I hear that you felt out of touch with the power you'd experienced previously, but is there anything specifically related to your sex life otherwise that you feel like sharing? That's what I was saying. Like there was a period, like I said, that my husband and I, like even my sexuality was kind of shut off because I was going through these weird periods where I would lose memory and I didn't know what was happening and I would say things or do things and then not remember it. And I know that now that I'm healthy and, you know, medicated and stuff, I know that it was stress induced. Like there's totally trauma around it, you know? 
and through therapy, I have addressed it and I'm on medication now and have been healthy for a solid six months. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us and congrats. And yeah, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. I'm lucky because I was experiencing and I guess symptomatic. I hate saying that word, but it was a very short time period comparatively to some people that suffer for years and years and they don't realize that they could go and get help. And I'm thankful that I sought help when I did because there was only a couple of years, maybe three, where I knew something wasn't right. I was trying to figure it out. But then once quarantine happened and COVID happened, that's like next level stress. And that's kind of what pushed me to like, okay, this isn't normal. You know, it's scary too, because there's a stigma around it all. Totally, There's stigma around everything that's not normal. And that's why I think these conversations are so important because you are a real person and we can hear from you and hear about your experience. And maybe somebody out there listening will learn more about themselves because of it. So thank you. So I'm kind of like regrouping and gaining who I used to be. But when we first started, I definitely was not Dommy whatsoever. I was afraid to, like I said, tap into that because mm-hmm. I didn't allow myself to be like that. Right. But now after forgiving myself for things that I had done unintentionally and just kind of bit by bit, you know, trying it out, binding my husband and letting that only be what I did in terms of that dominating him. But now Actually, a couple weeks ago, we had like a good session where I was like, put on my heels, put on my sexy outfit and like made him act like my little bitch boy. (laughs) Fun. How do you know what to tell him to do? Is it stuff you talk about ahead of time or is it like your desires and you just know him so well that you know it's going to kind of work for both of you or what do you let? We talk about it. We talk about it. And sometimes we have little games that we play too. Like we took a deck of cards and wrote different things on it. And then like, we'll play cards to see how the session will go. Fun. What what kinds of things? It'll be like timing up to the door. And then another one would be like, use a flogger. And then another one would be gag me. We like to play role play with like doctor, patient, teacher, student sometimes. And we have our pet stuff. My husband has a pet thing. So I have been the owner. He is my pet. And I want to be a pet, but I very much have to get into that space. It's like whenever actors, there's like a ritual that they have to do in order to get into that mindset of whatever character. I know what I kind of pet I am. Oh, what are you? Can I know? I know it all has to do with the look and I'm such a visual person, so I can't help it. But I'm like rainbow. I want to be an alien bear, <gasps> kind of like a Care Bear, but with a tail because I need to have one of those rainbow butt plugs tails. Yes, cool. Yeah, imagine a Care Bear with a tail. That's what I want. And if I can't, I just need to get it, you know. Fuck yeah. But if I don't have it, then I can't I can't be a pet unless I am that pet. Okay, so I'm hearing we need a tail and maybe that will also help bump you over into role. I know that auditioning like Doing a scene wearing high heels makes a big fucking difference from wearing a, doing a scene where I'm wearing flip-flops. You know what I mean? So it's like maybe all you need is a rainbow butt plug tail. <laughs> I know. I know. I have one picked out on Etsy and everything. <laughs> Amazing. But my husband does have his outfit that's fun. 
So what kind of things do you do when you're an owner? I like the whole leash thing. You know, I make him do little acts and he'll get treats. (laughs) Fun. You know, like, I'll let you lick my ass if you, you know, (laughs) and like punishing him for being a bad boy and that kind of thing. Yeah. I like to put him in time out and then just make him sit there, you know, as I'm being all sexy. And like, I told you, he likes jiggly booties. He'll almost like come just by watching my ass shake. That's amazing. Wow. How beautiful. I'm so glad you're spoiled. That's great. (laughs) What else has the kink crate inspired you to try? I didn't know that I like to be gagged. And I didn't know that I liked collars. Mm. And because of it, I have bought myself a new collar and it's one of those really tall ones. I want one. That's hot. Yeah. We've gotten several collars. We've gotten floggers, ropes, and different types of lube. We got a rope that is supposed to simulate a bar. I can't explain it. But because of that, we bought ourselves a bar. Cool. Like a spreader bar? Yes. Every month you get a few things and... We'll try it out. And if we like the certain stuff, then we'll go and we'll get other bigger, better stuff for it. Fun. We were talking about it the other day. We've basically tried a ton of stuff in a short amount of time just because every month we get something new. Mm -hmm. Feathers, vloggers. What's that thing? The rolly thing? Wartenberg wheel. Yeah. We even got an electro thing, just like a small one. And it caused us to buy a whole set with like different attachments and stuff. Fun. Do you have a favorite attachment? I just like the wand. I like the freedom of it. I have never tried the insertable kind. Oh, me neither. Oh, but I want to. I think it would be magical. Have you been zapped on your pussy? No, I am not brave enough to do that yet. I have a neon wand, and so I'll turn that down to low volume when I get lonely or when I just, like, want to give my own self sensations or show it off to someone else. You know, I'll use it on myself, and it's still pretty fun just to experience. And, like, I've definitely had a lover use it on my pussy before, and that was very intense but really fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have a set of underwear, kind of, with the, like, metal bits in there, and I tried to wear it. It's more for people with a penis. Okay. So my husband's worn it. (gasps) Even though he doesn't quite like the electro stuff, but we got it in our crate. So he was like, I'll put it on mine. And I tried to put it on and it just wouldn't work for me. I was totally bummed. Bummer. Wow. I did not know that was a thing. Okay. I need to get a subscription. Jesus. Is there anything that you haven't tried yet, kink-wise or toy-wise, that you still want to try? I would love to like be able to do suspensions with Shibari. My shoulders aren't as flexible as I want them to be, strangely. like I'm trying to stretch to make them better. Yeah. So I would love that. I want to be my own little magical alien Care Bear pet. And I would love to do the whole like go out in the wild and have my husband try to pick me up. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great thing you can do before COVID is over. You could do that now. That's something I want that too. Hot. Would you want to go somewhere fancy or like a dive bar or just like, or would you want to have him surprise you somewhere out in the world? Yeah, I want the whole surprise. Fun. Oh, that's so hot. Does he know that? You going to tell him? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> Will you tell us when that happens and if it's good? <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. I'm intrigued about the whole like being kidnapped thing. Mm-hmm. 
that's on my list. <laughs> yeah. Someone was just telling me that there is a pro dom somewhere where she specializes in kidnapping. And so because I was like having a fantasy about like, oh, yeah, if someone would give me like a three to five hour window where I know I'm going to get kidnapped at some point for an hour or something or maybe a, maybe a bigger window would be really fun. But would you want like scary kidnapping or like what like what's your fantasy there? Oh, I don't know. I Isn't it weird how the human brain is? But like almost kidnapping and you know tie me up and and i watch and listen to way much true crime it's a sickness <laughs> it's a popular sickness <laughs> i know and i'm not all about this like little thing where you're like a little kid but almost sort of like that i don't know how to explain it i hear a lot of desire for submission and utter helplessness i hear that yes which makes sense for a kidnapping fantasy are there any turn-ons or turn-offs that we haven't hit yet again i don't like overly masculine I don't like arrogance or even just like being closed off. I like openness and acceptance and effeminate energy. Beautiful. Is there anything specific that you need in order to come? What is your orgasm like? I want to orgasm with my nipples because I haven't yet. Mm. But the best ones are always multiple sensations at a time. So whether that be ass and clitoris or G-spot and ass, those are the best. And slow buildups are the best. But I'm also one of those people I can have multiple orgasms. Like I want to have a day where I just try to see how many I can have within like a certain time period. I want to try that out, but I orgasm easily, I guess. (laughs) Amazing. Wow. Also, maybe a day where you just get edged all day long, especially if you're used to coming so easily. And I'm so impatient. I would probably be the worst brat ever that day. (laughs) Like, so bitchy, you know what I mean? My husband would probably love it. He likes that. It's almost, like, torturous. He holds off and, like, can edge. He practices edging so much that it's kind of just naturally what he does now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's almost to the point where i'm like would you just fucking come (laughs) (laughs) what about okay i heard you talking about threesomes when it's covid safe Mm -hmm. at some point what about group sex or parties or orgy type fantasies do those exist at all for you We've talked about it and because we haven't had any threesomes yet. Yeah. We have had moments where there have been girlfriends, but nothing full on since we've been together. And I don't know if a couple would be something that would work. We would be open to it, maybe. And I know that that's probably a more likely thing to happen to couples, you know, like us and another couple, it seems. Right now, we would just like to play with other ladies. Yeah. Maybe in the future of our relationship. But right now, I don't think we're ready quite yet. And do you get turned on by the idea of possibly being in a space where maybe you're just playing together, the two of you, but other people could watch or you could watch other people? Or is that, would you rather just be alone with your partner? Well, we moved to a new area and met this couple and they were like, hey, we do this fire performance. You should come watch our performance. And so, of course, we're going to come watch their performance. And in passing, they're like, yeah, it's kind of a fetish show, but it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) So we had no idea what we were getting into. We thought maybe there would be like fire and staff, you know, like alternative flow arts. And so we show up. Oh my gosh. They were asking who was the master, who was the slave, and if we had names or whatever. And people are being walked around on leashes. Was this before your kink crate experience, I'm guessing? Way before. (laughs) Way before. We had no idea. 
So we saw someone being walked into, it was like in a strip mall looking place. So something I wouldn't imagine that sort of thing happening in, but I guess they could be anywhere, you know? There was this couple walking in and the man was leashed up and I was like, uh, babe, do you see that? Like, do you know what we're getting into? So it was a eye-opening experience for sure. We loved it, but it was very alien. We show up, we tell them we don't have names and we're not really master slave. Like that wasn't even a part of our conversation whatsoever before. And so we go into the room and there was a suspended Shibari choreographed to music performance going on. Wow. It was beautiful. It was so cool. And all these people were like sitting around watching. I guess that was like the main show. But then afterwards, people broke off and were doing their own scenes. And we saw some massive hardcore flogging. We saw some needle play. We saw electro play. We saw a very large man get gagged and put over like the cross type of thing and just get hardcore whipped. It was crazy in the best way. Yeah, it sounds like a very extreme preview of what was about to show up in your life. Yes. Very shocking. Wow. We weren't scary the entire time because everyone was so nice. Yeah. In like all shapes and sizes and identity, like all kinds of couples. I didn't realize because there was a three person scene going on where it was almost like the Dom guy and he was flogging this girl bent over a horse. And the other female was kind of like his assistant giving him the tool. And then afterwards, the assistant did the aftercare. Oh. Unhooked the girl and like rubbed her and massaged her. And the girl was crying, Mm -hmm. but like not in a I'm hurting way, but in like a release type of way. And I've never seen anything like that. And I was just like, whoa. It was a lot of your brain telling you that this is wrong because, you know, society, all that, especially how I was brought up. Mm -hmm. But then like seeing it for myself, it was wonderful. I'm really thankful. That's so incredible. I wish events like that were where I'm living. I don't know how it is for you. Maybe it's easier, but I wish more people would give it a chance and see that it's not a bunch of people just beating one another. Yeah, I certainly am inspired to do some local research. What are your hopes for your sex life going forward? I want to help younger people not experience shame. That's what I love so much about you. Because shame is the worst in every way. It just tears down people and society in general. It's just terrible. So I feel like if all of us just don't give anyone shame, don't be shameful, That's my goal, to help younger people, because I'm in a position in my career where I'm around to mentor. So that's one side of the picture. And then for myself, I just want to continue finding things that aren't necessarily erotic and you don't associate with, you know, eroticism. And I want to turn those things into sexy things. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. May it be so, and so it is. I'm sure that's happening now. (laughs) Yeah, just keep exploring. Like, sexy cooking is one of my favorite things. So just do that with everything. By sexy cooking, do you mean, like, 
you or your husband is cooking and the other one is going down on them or like yes <laughs> yes. yes and like taking tongs or whatever and be like <laughs> yes fuck yeah one of the best orgasms i've ever had was during sexy cooking we were just having dinner one night and my husband started like pinching me with the tongs and it just led from there. And so now it's like a thing that we do, like clear off the countertop. Let me spank you with the spatula. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's everyday sexy, but it's the playfulness, but it's still so hot. And to me, what I project onto it is this mutual experience of like desire and, you know, not just the like, here we are in the bedroom again, you know, like. Right. And you can do that anywhere. Anything can be a turn on too. like wherever you are, you can find those ways to kind of create tension with a little promises for more later. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I would definitely go back when my boyfriend discovered that he wasn't straight. I would tell myself, love yourself, you know, and loving yourself makes you more beautiful to everyone and it just makes things better. And to know that my alternative thinking is not wrong and that I'm not alone. Fuck yeah. Do you have a sex question for me? I have been thinking about it for like a week. Let's go into pretend land. Okay, my favorite place. Imagine you're on a spaceship and you go to an uncharted planet, okay? And magically, I don't know, maybe in this world, you get to create your own utopian sexy society. What? like tell me about it your utopia oh my gosh i am dreaming so much of a safe space and an oasis i would like it to be closer in this galaxy but a space where people don't have to wear clothes if they don't want to and it's not weird and it's not just like oh you're an outside thing and they can wear clothes if they want to but the culture of the place is such that it really is just like delicious love but because i know that the way that we experience consciousness in order to appreciate the light, there has to be shadow. There has to be hard, dark parts. Like as humans, we're never going to get away from it. I desire to make as much of that possible in a way that is safe and consensual as possible. Because I'm like, in my own life, I noticed that when I was regularly getting fucked and intensely beaten in the ways that I liked, I didn't get so balled up in my everyday dramas. And so I would love to have a utopia where, I, okay, I want food to just be abundantly available. I'm a tourist, so I want to eat all the delicious things all the time. Like, I want to be able to eat all the delicious things, meaning that they are delicious and nutritious, so they're not poisoning my body. So in my utopia, the government would regulate food so that poison would not be allowed to be sold to us. That would be one thing in my place. And I know that that would make a lot of people sad with the stuff that we're used to, but I would take longer, healthier, more accessible life for everyone over that. I really just want a society where we take care of each other. And I want that sexually. I want that. Oh God, I have so many like details. I'm like trying to answer this with like with a manifesto because I actually spend so much time thinking about this. So maybe I'll shrink down to like my personal living compound. It's not super fancy, but it's highly functional and very comfortable. Like I don't need ostentatiousness, but it is beautiful, but it's simple. Probably like lots of groups of circles, lots of cozy beds. Everything is easy to clean and could be a sex party at any time. And in this place, we have some sort of magical biological safety aspect so we don't have to worry about spreading disease or unwanted reproduction things so that people could just 
play with each other and bathe each other and just like relax together and enjoy each other's bodies and feed each other. And it would be a culture such that I really think that jealousy is a cultural thing. I know that there are so many people over there. No, it's mine. It's It's natural. I really, really wonder if we were raised with different stories, with different mainstream stories, if people would really call that natural. I don't think so. There's a possessiveness that doesn't make sense to me that is related to money and all of that. Yeah, my utopia, we wouldn't have to worry about money. We would, you know, all contribute because people need to feel purpose, but it would be a place in which people could feel purposeful according to their actual own strengths. And there wouldn't be, you know, there would be hierarchy in that like humans are pack creatures and we like to have someone in charge. We would make sure that the people suited for that job were in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like people would just naturally go to their intended place. Yeah. We stress here that like, oh, everyone needs to be a certain type of thing. Well, some people are great storytellers and like some people are great. And I I just would like love I'm doing what I can in this actual world I live in to create access to creativity supplies and behavior and like interpersonal connection that I just want. I know that like this is the type of connectivity that when my body's needs are taken care of, then I can have the social needs taken care of. And that's, I think that there is such magic and interpersonal connection that I know, especially right now, not everyone has access to. And I just want to work on that for all of us. That sounds like a pretty magical plan. Oh my God! <laughs> Everyone's invited. The whole galaxy. I thought though that you'd said when everybody comes together, did you literally everybody mean comes like- together? I mean, that's not what I meant, but like it probably also is what I meant. And my entire life, I've made really accidental double entendres my whole life. I just like stumble right into them. And it really makes me feel like now I am on my life's mission purpose. Gosh, how cool would that be if like every time somebody had an orgasm, all of us were like, oh, not so distracting that we couldn't function in our day doing whatever we had to do. But How fun would it be if like in a whole room, everyone just had this little kind of like wink of energy, like ripple through them. And we were all like, yeah, somebody got laid. (laughs) Plus all the things you said, of course. Yeah. Plus so many more details. Because again, we have to have the high and low, the way that we experience everything. But I just wish that we could have them in ways where we feel, you know, empowered. I want exquisite torture. I want people to feel whatever their version of like human balance is. Oh, my God. Anna, thank you so much for being a guest on this show. Thank you. You're so hospitable. I love it. I love you so much. (laughs) 